very long journey for for the whole family. His father passed away from cancer, and then now his mother is near the end. And there, there is a system where the, there is a Muftiazim is there, and then the backup is Rayyan. Rayyan was sick. So the original one was missing, and then the backup was missing. Now we should add a backup to the backup after what happened. As far as the Sunnah is concerned with respect to what was mentioned, uh, uh, you know, I see, I see both sides. I mean, there are those, of course. In general, try to be on time for sure, um, out of respect for people. Uh, at the same time, the Sunnah is that There's a hadith of Rasulullah specifically addressing this. Do not stand. It's a prohibition. Do not stand until the iqama is called. In fact, the, the original ruling is not to stand up to qatqam the salah. Allahu Akbar, 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 Allahu uh, a particular group, a sect, they are very punctual on this. They do not stand until the Qatqam uh, Salah. The other uh, uh, groups of understanding that they have, they say that um, standing up at Qatqam Salah is Sunnah, but much stronger and more important Sunnah is to have the Sufuf straight. So if you wait till Qatqam Salah, then the Salah will start Qatqam Salah, and you'll say Allah for the Imam. What's going to happen? Your suhoof won't still be straight. So that's why we should wait. We can, it is okay and permissible to start at standing at Allahu Akbar. But definitely not before the iqama. So that's etiquette number one. Is that when you come in the masjid, what do we do? We sit down. And we are getting, receiving the reward for salah as long as we are waiting for salah. So when are we supposed to stand? We're supposed to stand when the? Iqama either starts or when you if you're already in yourself you can actually stand up at qadqamati salah that's when you're supposed to stand up number one number two is when does the iqama the one who's giving the iqama when should he start the iqama when the imam comes on the musalla or the substitute imam when the imam comes on the musalla then the iqama starts when the iqama starts then everyone else stands up <laughs> simple as that that's how it is like uh, there's some mashayikh from Raivind, for example, and people are waiting. Just like when Rasulullah would come, they would wait. It's, it's a very awkward thing for an imam or a part-time imam or one, I'm one of the substitute imams here to say because it feels like you're telling people, wait for me. But that's not the case, not me. I'm, in this case, it's easier for me because I'm not typically leading Isha right now currently. I'm not telling you to wait for me. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be even more awkward. Uh, Subhanallah. Is it live stream started? No, I hope not. Anyway, so this, this, this is a scenario. Now we have like examples of this in the Hadith literature. Examples of this in the Hadith literature all the way from when uh, the Sahaba would wait for Rasulullah for Isha. One time it became so long that people were falling asleep. And then Umar finally had, was bold enough to go and say that The women and children have all fallen asleep. And we are the last ones waiting here. It's, it's so, so distorted on here. So, uh, 
And also that hadith, for example, about when you make wudu at home and you, make, and you have the intention to do, join the jama'ah and then you come to the masjid and the jama'ah is over, you receive the full reward. Why is that so? Because intention, yeah, but more important, uh, related to the concept, we weren't necessarily talking about intention, we were talking about the jama'ah timing. Because the jama'ah timing was what? Wasn't set. So, if, for example, if, if the jama'at is at 8.15, for example, and, and you make wudu and you come out like at 8.30, 8.35, 40, and then, or you, somebody leaves their home now at 8.50, he makes wudu and he says, I have the intention to join the jama'ah. When he comes, obviously the jama'at's over. It's debatable, Allah alam, Allah is the one who can grant the thawab to be laid a hisab. But the, it's, it's, you should be quite confident that the jamaat is what? Over, right? By 8.50. The reason the hadith says that if you have the intention to perform the, join the jamaat and you go, and the jamaat's over, what happens? You get the full thawab. It's because the jamaat time was not set. Not set, no? If the jamaat time was 100% set, and then you were going so late, half an hour after jamaat time, and then you say, I'll still get the thawab, you wouldn't get the thawab. The reason he's saying you'll get the thawab is because the jamaat time wasn't set. It was, it was, it was, very, um, it was very flexible back then. Because the jamaat will start when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will come out from the hujra. We are nowhere near, I mean, near that, but that's the general condition it was. Are we ready? So what happens in the, you know, the whole jack-in-the-box thing? That, uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny because I, I came up with that term one time. So the reason is because they, they have, first of all, you know, you have the analog watches and then you have the digital ones, right? The analog ones, there's still some gray area, ambiguous with the hand. But, huh? Okay. The digital one, right, many massages right in the beginning on the, uh, on, on the member, on top of the, the, on top of the mihrab, they have the big one. And it's not minutes only, it's also seconds. Yeah, exactly. So if it's 8 o'clock, it's 8 colon 0, 0, 0, 0. 0, 0 minutes, 0, 0 seconds. So then what happens is that, um, so if the Imam comes on to the Musalla before 8, 0, 1, it's not 8, 0, 1, it's 8, 0, 0, but it's maybe 25 seconds, 30 seconds. 35 seconds. It's not 801, it's still 800. But that's counted as late. So basically, you got to be all wound up sitting in the first half. And then when it's 800, that's when you have to jump onto the musalla, like the jack in the box. That was my own ta'weer, I came up with that. And then, uh, yeah, because if it's 800, 32, 35, 40, then what happens? You're too, you're too late. It should be all, I want to see all four zeros on there. 801 Qiyamah comes. So this is this is a this is a situation. So that's why one of the parents was asking in the in the curriculum, like, you know, I'm setting up my son to end up becoming Madhulum. How should we deal with that? And that was another discussion for another day. We started out last week. Okay. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim.
This hadith here is the one that we did last time, the week uh, before, um, the Monday before last Monday, and now is the next hadith. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قال ابن شهاب وأخبرني أبو سلمة بن عبد الرحمن أن جابر بن عبد الله الأنصاري رضي الله عنه قال وهو يحدث عن فترة الوحي فقال في حديثه بين أنا أمشي إذ سمعت صوتا من السماء فرفعت بصري فإذا الملك الذي جاءني بحراء جالس على كرسي بين السماء والأرض فرعبت منه فرجعت فقلت زملوني زملوني فأنزل الله تعالى يا أيها المدثر قم فأنذر وربك فكبر وثيابك فطهر والرجز فهجر فحمي الوحي وتتابع تابعه عبد الله بن يوسف وأبو صالح وتابعه هلال بن رداد عن الزهري وقال يونس ومعمر بوادره بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم So in this hadith it starts off the translation is mentioned here but it starts off by saying Qala Ibn Shahab Ibn Shahab said this is Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri Rahmatullah one of the great tabi'een scholars of Medina al-Munawwara and he says wa akhbarani Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman and Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman has informed me now I do not want to go too much in detail in the usul al-hadith and hadith terminology. But there is um, one important discussion here that Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi as we covered before is a, this book, Sahih Bukhari, is a primary book of hadith. It's not a secondary book of hadith. And what makes that distinction between the two? The primary book is the one between the compiler and Rasulullah the Sanad is complete and mentioned with every hadith and the secondary books what did they do? they they do not mention the Sanad all the way right? they just mention the hadith this is what Rasulullah said and they give the reference so Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah he mentions the sanad for every hadith between him all the way to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That is the bulk of the book. But there are a few hadith that he mentions in which he does something known as ta'liq. It is a ta'liq meaning between him and Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam. He may skip a few narrators and he just says that the sahabi so and so narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Those are a hadith that he mentions as supplements. They are not the bulk of the book. Most of the hadith in Imam Bukhari most of the hadith that uh, he narrates, he gives the full sanad. So, the question comes here is that some of the scholars. Kidmani is one of the commentators of Bukhari. Uh, he said, oh, what is Imam Bukhari doing here? He just said, Qala Ibn Shahab. Shahabuddin, Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri said. Whereas Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri is not one of his teachers. He's not a teacher of Imam Bukhari. He comes further up the chain. Why is he just quoting Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri? So, that's, so he says, oh, this is a ta'liq. 
a ta'liq meeting where Imam Bukhari is not linking it up all the way to himself. That was what Kirmani wrote in his book, Irshad al-Sahri, the Sharaf Sahih al-Bukhari. However, this was a mistake on his part. This is not a mistake of Kirmani. This is not a ta'liq. And Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, in his commentary, Fatul Bari, he said, this is not a ta'liq. How did he determine that? Just by one letter, wow. He says here, Titis Qala ibn Shahab, and ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri said, Wa akhbarani Abu Salama. And Abu Salama narrated to me. Just this one wow. How does that one wow tell us that this hadith is not a ta'liq? For this, we have to go to the previous hadith. If you go to the previous hadith, the long one that we did about Waraqa ibn Nawfal, and I want to see if I can, um, it may be too small for you to see, but if you see here, it goes, Haddathana Yahya ibn Bukir. Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi can you see Yahya ibn Bukir? Okay. So Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi says, I, I, I narrated to me Yahya ibn Bukir. Who's Yahya ibn Bukir? He is his teacher, for sure. Imam Bukhari's teacher. Qala, what did Yahya ibn Bukir say? Haddathana al-Layth. Layth, my teacher taught, taught, taught me. Who is Layth? Layth ibn Sa'ad. He's a great Misri, Faqih, Mujtahid Imam. And he says, I heard an Uqail from Uqail, his teacher. The Sanad is continuing. Then, An ibn Shihab. Oh, who is this Ibn Shahab? Az-Zuhri. This Ibn Shahab Zuhri is the same one we're going to see in the next hadith. Qala Ibn Shahab. Okay? So up to Ibn Shahab, Imam Bukhari Rahmatullahi mentioned his sanad. His first teacher, Yahya bin Bukair. Second teacher up, Layth. Third teacher, Uqail. Fourth teacher is Ibn Shahab. Ibn Shahab Zuhri is a very great muhaddith. I mean, if we go into the biographies of each one, we won't cover any part of the text. But so... I will suffice to say he uh, one of the great, great fuqaha of Medina, muhaddithun of Medina. In fact, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahmatullahi had ordered him to collect all the hadiths in the written form. He's one of the first scholars of hadith who collected it and compiled it in a written form. Massive collection of, of hadith. Of course, the hadiths were written in the Arab Rasulullah as we covered many times, the example of whom? Abdullah bin Amr ibn As. But he's the one who started it in the written form. Now this Ibn Shahab, he narrates You gotta fix this real bad. An Urwa ibn Zubair uh, he, Ibn Shahab, he narrates from Urwa ibn Zubair, his teacher. Urwa ibn Zubair, some of you may recall, may not recall, he was a nephew of Aisha radiallahu anha. And he narrates from Aisha radiallahu anha. So this was the whole chain. Now what happens is, this Ibn Shahab, he narrates from his teacher Urwa. Correct? Am I losing you already? No, okay. Ibn Shahab narrates from Urwa. But Imam Bukhari says here, guess what? Ibn Shahab also narrates from Abu Salama. So what this means is, the sanad from Imam Bukhari to Ibn Shahab is the same. The sanad from Imam Bukhari to Ibn Shahab is the same. Ibn Shahab has two teachers. Over here, it goes, Imam Bukhari says, my teacher Yahya ibn Bukair, then Layth, then Uqail, then Ibn Shahab. And from Ibn Shahab, he narrates from Urwa ibn Zubair the following whole hadith. But this Ibn Shahab, he has another chain. 
And the second chain of Ibn Shahab is not from Arab bin Zubair, it's from this second new teacher. Who's that? Abu Salama. And that's where the wow plays the role. Ibn Shahab, he says, and I have heard from Abu Salama. And. Whenever you say the word and, what does that mean? There's something, a story before it, and after the and, there's a new story. So that means, this is how important this one letter wow is. It tells you that in the previous hadith, he, uh, Ibn Shahab was narrating from Urwa. So he, I never, uh, Ibn Shahab said, and from Urwa I heard this, and he said, Aisha said this, and the whole hadith. After he finishes, then Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri is saying, guess what? I also heard, and, and I also heard from Abu Salama the following. You understand? Does it, does it make sense to at least half the crowd? Most of the crowd? I hope so. Okay. Uh, so, uh, okay, anyway. Because I got a lot of feedback. You know, we were getting feedback on this mic. I got feedback too that, you know, don't make it too complicated. So I'm trying not to. Okay. Uh, so, uh, well, okay, anyway, moving forward. And Jabir bin Abdullah Ansari radiallahu anhu. Jabir bin Abdullah Ansari radiallahu anhu. So, he narrates that while he's discussing about the era when the wahi stopped. It was not stopped, I would say, but paused. So there was a period of time when the wahi, uh, the revelation, there was a pause in the revelation. Was it two and a half years or three years? This happened after the nuzul of Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. There was a pause in the revelation for some time. Um, and if we go back, this was the last portion of this hadith where Waraqa um, said to Rasulullah sallallahu I wish I would be alive when your people will expel you. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, will they expel me? They call me Ashadiq al-Ameen and they love me in Makkah. Will they expel me? So Waraqa said, Qala na'am. He said, yes. No prophet ever came with the true message that you have been sent with, but he was tormented by his people. And if I am alive on that day, I will help you a lot. Remember, he made that pledge. But some time passed, he died, he passed away. The last words were, and the wahi paused says here and the divine inspiration was also paused for a while so what we know here is we were at that point of the story where the wahi came with iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq then there was a pause the how long was the pause about two years two and a half years one narration is three years so now um abu salama narration of ibn shahab it says that he narrates Abu Salama bin Abdurrahman. Salama, Abu Salama, son of Abdurrahman. You may think, hey, some any random Abdurrahman. I know Abdurrahman too. You may know many Abdurrahman. You know who this Abdurrahman is? This Abdurrahman bin Auf. Not a random Abdurrahman. Abdurrahman bin Auf. Anyone know Abdurrahman bin Auf? Ashara Mubashara bin Jannah. Right. One of the ten Sahaba guaranteed Jannah. We like to talk about him because, oh, we want to be rich like him. So we say, oh, you know, make dua, oh Allah, make me rich like Abdurrahman bin Auf. Uthman Ghani, right? <laughs> Subhanallah. Anyway, so Abdul Salama, son of Abdurrahman bin Auf, that he narrates from Jabir bin Abdullah Ansari. Now, Jabir bin Abdullah Ansari is narrating, وَهُوَ يُحَدِّثُ عَنْ فَتْرَةِ الْوَحِي While he's speaking about, 
He was giving a description about the period of time when the wahi was what? Paused. So he said in that hadith, uh, when he raised that Rasulullah he explained, he said, Bainana ana amshi. One time I was walking. So that Iqra Bismi Rabbikalak, whole story of of uh, hugging three times until he was feeling the pain. We covered all that, right, in detail. Then Khadija takes him to Wahshi bin, I mean, Waraqa ibn Nawfal and he explains everything, all of that. Now, two, three years, two and a half to three years passed with no revelation. Okay? Why was there this long gap? One reason is so that that initial traumatic experience he had to give him some break from that. And then, second reason is so that um, he received the revelation and now he was able to recover from the fear of, the, of that experience and also to increase the desire for him to have another experience. To increase the desire to ha- receive wahi. To want to see Jibreel once again. So there is a narration, Zur ghibban tazdad hubban. If you meet after a gap, then it increases the muhabba and the love. For example, you come home every day, mashallah, you know, some of you may be so lucky, you get a very nice embrace at home when you go back home by your family, wife, kids, whoever, everyone. Everyone is excited and jump on you and say, you know, Baba is back home. Maybe that's the case, maybe it's not the case. Maybe they're glued to their gadgets. Wallahu But hopefully, if you're coming back from Hajj, you're coming back from Umrah, you're coming back from business trip, coming back from long vacation or work, uh, then the reception is going to be what? More special. I hope so. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, <laughs> that reception is more loving. Why? Because you're meeting after some gap. So, um, that's why they said, why was this fatrat al-wahi? لِيَزُورَ الْخَوْفِ وَيَحْدُسُ الشَّوْقِ So that the khawf and the fear goes away and the shawq and the desire increases so he says I was walking so I heard some sound in the sky who heard the sound? Rasulullah so I raised my eyes to see where the sound coming from then all of a sudden this idha is it means like suddenly suddenly I saw the angel in its, his original form, filling up the entire horizon, as far as the sky, the whole horizon, as far as the visible horizon, the whole sky, ufuk, was completely filled with the angel. Which angel? The same one who had come to visit me three years ago, up to three years ago, in Hira. The same one. Jalisun ala kursiyin sitting on a kursi so there's a mentioning uh, the mention of sitting on a kursi is a few times in a hadith showing that it is permissible to sit on a chair it is he was it is also uh, uh, okay. so, uh, so they were sitting on he was sitting on a chair this is sunnah of Jibreel alayhi salam sunnah of Rasulullah as well between the heavens and the earth. The whole heavens and the earth is filled with 
Jibreel alayhi salam sitting. What I imagine. Now this thing, you say, wow, is this a normal thing? It's not a normal thing. In the entire life of Rasulullah sallam, he only saw Jibreel alayhi salam in his original form two times. Two times. This is the first time, and second time is in Mi'raj. Uh, yeah, the whole journey of Mi'raj in the Mi'raj in Isra, Isra in Mi'raj. So the, he saw him in his form. Somebody was asking, "Is Barak halal?" I said, if it's 100% Zabiyah, it's <laughs> Oh God, don't get me started with that. Okay. Anyway, so he said, he saw him fin- 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 uh, filling the whole sky. Allah Akbar. So he, but this time he got, he got shocked once again. Farajatu. So I came back home. Fakultu, I said, Zammiluni, wrap me up. Wrap me up. So Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat, Ya ayyuhal muddathir. One riwayat is, Dathiruni. The other riwayat is, Zammiluni. And Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil. With a double tashdeer. Muzzammil and muddathir. Qum fa'anzir. Stand up and warn the people. Ya ayyuhal muddathir, Qum fa'anzir. Wa rabbaka fakabbir. And say the glory of your Lord, the, the greatness of Allah. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَحِّرْ And purify your clothes. وَرُدْزَ فَهْجُرْ And the impurities stay away from them. The idol worship, the impure idols. It says here, up to and desert the idols. These ayats were revealed. فَحَمِيَ الْوَحْيُ وَتَتَابَعَ After this, the ayats came continuously, back to back. Strongly, frequently, regularly. Okay. So a few things to note here is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah here, he saw that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had been wrapped up and he addressed him, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, ya ayyuhal muddathir. He addressed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his titles. This is to show his love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is to show his attachment of the Rasulullah that he addresses him uh, by an attribute rather than Ya Muhammad. This is a very well known um, comparison that the Wa'izin and the Khutaba they do in the Seerah speeches. You may have heard those who have heard Urdu bayans, it's a very common theme. Those who are, are young, mashallah, generation from here, they may not have heard those Seerah talks where this is a commonly mentioned fact where they say that subhanallah in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya adamu right addresses adam alayhi salam ya adam ihbid and and ya adam inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard and ya dawud ya dawud inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard ya ya nuh ihbid bi salamin minna wa barakatin alayk o nuh come out of your ship unto the earth after the flood had receded and Ya Musa, aqbil wala tahaf. O Musa, come forward, don't be afraid. Grab the snake, it'll turn back into a stick. Right. Ya Isa, Ya Musa, all the Anbiya, Allah addresses them. And the entire Quran is revealed upon Rasulullah. But the entire Quran, Allah Ta'ala does not say once, Ya Muhammad. What does He say? Ya Yuhan Nabiyu, Ya Yuhan Rasulu, Ya Yuhan Muzamminu, Ya Yuhan Muddathiru, gives him titles. So Rasulullah also, when he wanted to uh, show his love to someone, then he would address him with the title. 
So one time Ali radiallahu anhu had a little dispute with his wife Fatima radiallahu anha. Um, and, and he came and he was lying in the masjid because he was upset at home and he was lying in the, in the dirt, in the dust. But he was so upset that he didn't clean the place where he was lying, he just laid down and he was just so mad about something. <laughs> this is, it shows the human nature as well, that they were human beings. So uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi came to him. Now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is a father-in-law. <laughs> right, he's a father-in-law. So what do you, what's his agenda? He wants to soften the heart of his son-in-law and you know, create that love once again. So he, when he goes there to show his love, he, he, instead of saying, Ya Ali, what's wrong with you? Yeah, he said, Ya Aba Turab. Ya Aba Turab. Which literally it means, oh, the father of the dirt. But it doesn't mean father of dirt. You don't translate it like that. It means the one who is associated with Turab. Turab means the dust. Like uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Huraira is a cat. So he had a little kitten with him. He loved his kitten. So when he say, Ya Aba Huraira, does he mean he's the father of a cat? That his wife gave and delivered a cat? Na'udhu Right. So it doesn't mean that, right? So similarly, Ya Aba Turab, Ya Aba Huraira. This is, this is to show the love. Uh, so he says here, Subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya Yuhal Muddathir. Qum, stand up. Subhanallah. It's telling, get up. You cannot, you cannot hold on to the blanket. You know? You tell the baby, it's okay, you've been grabbing your blanket for a while, walking around with your blanket, it's cute. But after a while, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> You cannot continue to carry your blanket like Charlie Brown, right? Everywhere. You have to leave it. Boom, stand up. Huh? And you have to go out and warn the people. Indar means to warn out of love. Nadir. Nadir is, see, you know, they say Bashiran wa Nadira. Bashir is the one who is glad tidings. So everyone likes glad tidings. So you don't have to give any further explanation of why, where, how. Bashir, glad tidings. Nadir warnings. So when you say warning, everyone is super sensitive, right? So they'll say, oh, why is he warning? Why is he giving us bad news? Nobody likes bad news. Why is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam giving us warnings? So that's why we have to explain. Nadir is not the one who's there threatening you. Give me your money or else, right? That's, that's not a Nadir. He's not threatening you. He's going to blow your brains out. Nadir is the one who loves you and because he loves you so much he is trying to warn you to protect you from disaster, impending doom. Like if this is a train full of hundreds of passengers including your entire khandan who is going for the walima of your family member. Hundreds of your family members and other beloved innocent children and everyone's on a train. And you know, you just saw that the bridge that is, you know, or that's um, linking the track from one side of the valley to the other with a huge hundreds and hundreds of feet drop, thousands of feet drop in the mountain. It has collapsed. So, and the train is moving on full speed. So if you're trying to attract the attention of the captain, of the pilot, of the, or the driver of the train, just put your brakes, apply your brakes when? Now, as soon as possible, because how long is it going to take for the train to what? Stop. And if it doesn't stop, then it's the entire train with hundreds of passengers is going towards utter destruction. is going to fall off the mountain cliff into the deep ravine and they're going to all die. So when you are giving that warning with that, with that much, subhanAllah, concern that that person will be known as Nadir, the one who was warning.
So he says, قُمْ فَأَنْذِرْ Stand up and warn. يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّثِرِ قُمْ فَأَنْذِرْ وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ Speak about the greatness of Allah. The reason you have to speak about the greatness of Allah, as they say in the effort of da'wah and tabligh and, uh, as well, is based on this, is because if, you, know, you have to warm up the iron, then you strike when the iron is hot. So if you start telling people the commands of Allah, and their hearts are not filled with the greatness of Allah, then you are striking on hard iron. It will, you will not have any result. You can keep on striking all day, you will not make any dent in that iron. So what does the ironsmith do? He heats up the iron, then he will take his hammer and hit it. He could make a nice shield or a sword or whatever is required. So what will soften the heart? The greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ Allah بَرَعِي That's why in the effort of da'wah, this is where it's taken from. You have to speak about the greatness of Allah. Right? When the greatness of Allah enters the heart, a person realizes how great Allah is with his that and his sifat, his being and his attributes. The azmat of Allah, the greatness of Allah enters the heart, then it becomes super easy to obey his command. The greatness and importance of any command is proportionate to the greatness of the one who is giving you the command. Starting from you know your own child, if he commands you something, it's, it's not supposed to be, at least it's not supposed to ideally be something that you must comply with right away. And then there is request from a colleague, and then there is a demand from your superior, from the king, from the judge, from your parents, from your teachers, from your sheikh. They demand something from you. You must comply with that because they are greater than you. And one is a demand from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, رَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ Say the greatness of Allah. You start off by filling the heart with the greatness of Allah. When the heart is filled, subhanAllah, my Allah is so great. My Allah is so great. He is the Malik, He is the Khaliq, He is the Raziq, He is the, you know, Rabbul Alameen. Now, His greatness enters His heart. Now you say, this is what Allah wants. Okay, I'm going to run to comply. That's why in the Adhan, Allah Ta'ala taught us. What is the dua after the Adhan? Allahumma rabba hadihi da'watit tamma. It is a da'watit tamma. So the Muslim could just go up there and say, Hayya ala salah. That's the bottom line. Why you have such a long introduction? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You're starting off with, Warabbaka. Hey, I'm going to tell you what Allah wants, but before I tell you who Allah is, what I do? Let me introduce who Allah is. He is Akbar. So, like, we, you know, we have a speaker, then you have the introduction to the speaker. You know, the next session will be by so and so. He is this one, that one. So now you appreciate who, what he's going to say. Because it's not, you know, the next jahil, I wrote to You went outside and said, grab some random guy. Inshallah, he's qualified to speak here. So, likewise, we say, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ So, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu la ilaha illallah. And then you're going to pray the salah according to Sunnah of Rasulullah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah. Then you say, Hayyalu Salah, Hayyalu Salah. You could have stopped right there, because that's what you're trying to say as the da'i. But then you say, Hayyalu Salah, Hayyalu Salah. That shows you the link between fadail with da'wah. You always have to give the virtue. What's in it for the person? You're telling him, come for salah, because if you come for salah, that's going to be your key to success. Hayal falah. Allah. Then after that, the wahi continued. 
and it continued frequently and regularly. Next hadith, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, yeah, do we have time or time? Okay. You want to give chutti right now, or you want to do a quick hadith? You want to let it go? I didn't. I was trying to go faster with less detail. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So this hadith it says, "Abi qala hadithana hadithana Musa ibn Ismail qala hadithana Abu Awan qala hadithana Musa ibn Abi Aisha qala hadithana Sa'id ibn Jubairin." عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما في قوله تعالى لا تحرك به نسانك لتعدل به so in this sanad we see Abdullah ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما when he's explaining the hadith لا تحرك به لسانك do not move your tongue quickly this is the same ayat that we heard in Aisha by Imam Mahir uh, he says do not move your lips rapidly. This is an ayah in Surah Al-Qiyamah. Qala, he says, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُعَالِجُ مِنَ تَنْزِيلِ شِدَّةً Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would feel a lot of pain initially in the, when he would receive the wahi. And that is why he used to move his lips as well because he was afraid he was going to forget it. So Ibn Abbas says, فَقَالَ Ibn Abbasin, فَأَنَا أُحَرِّكُهُمَا لَكُمْ I will move my lips rapidly and show you كَمَا كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ يُحَرِّكُهُمَا The way Nabi Wasallam used to move it. So he, he repeated the action. He repeated the action. SubhanAllah. He physically showed, and he moved his lips and his tongue rapidly to show. Right? SubhanAllah. This is called Al-Hadith Al-Musalsal Bi-Tahreek Al-Shafatain. This is a hadith where we have this repeated. وَقَالَ سَعِيدٌ Who is this Sa'id? Student of Abdullah bin Abbas, Sa'id ibn Jubair. Sa'id ibn Jubair, there's like whole volumes written on him. Great, great, great tabi'i. There are two Sa'ids that are the top tabi'i. Sa'id ibn Musayyib and Sa'id ibn Jubair. Sa'id ibn Jubair of Mecca, Sa'id ibn Musayyib of Medina. Sa'idain. Sayyid ibn Jubair, he was the last person that Hajjad bin Yusuf killed. So he said, Ana uharrikuhuma. I will also move my lips. Kama ra'itu ibn Abbas yuharrikuhuma. The way I saw Abdullah bin Abbas moving his lips. Faharraka shafatih. So Sayyid bin Jubair also moved his lips. So what is happening is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa moved his lips. He showed Abdullah bin Abbas. Abdullah bin Abbas moved his lips, showed his student Sayyid bin Jubair. Sayyid bin Jubair moved his lips. Now, that is where uh, the particular action of moving the lips stopped. But if they continued, it could have been one of the musalsalat. What is it? There's a category of hadith known as al-hadith al-musalsal. Al-hadith al-musalsal is in, wherein a particular amal, physical action, is also repeated along with transmitting the words between every generation from the time of Rasulullah till today. By default, Every single hadith, the statements are repeated. That's why it's a hadith to begin with. But along with the statement, if there's any particular action, it could be something very random. It could be something, al-hadith al-musalsal bi-akhdil yad. The hadith in which the action of grabbing the hand. So the Prophet grabbed the hand of his student, sahabi, and taught him du'a al-tashahud. It happens to be du'a al-tashahud, which is a very ra- random thing. At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawat. Now, then he grabs the hand of his student, teaches him tashahud. 
Then he grabs the hand of a student. Till today, the teacher will grab the hand and teach the tashahud, right? Or the hadith of, you know, tamar wal ma, like he gives the water, zamzam, and he gives the date, and he teaches the hadith. And then the student does that all the way till today in Darussalam. We do it every year. So there's a madlis of the hadith al musalsalat. So our teacher, Mufti Muhammad Ali Bopali, Hafizahullah, he gave us zamzam and water. Uh, zamzam in date, ajwa, and taught us the hadith. And he got zamzam and he got the date from his teacher, Shaykh Zakaria Kandalwi, Al Muhajir al Madani, Rahimahullah, Nawarullah Marqada, who was buried in Baqir, in Mazari Ardom Saharampur. And he got it from his teacher, Khalil Ahmad Saharampuri. And he got it from his teacher, Mufti Rashid Ahmad Kangoi. It goes all the way back. If you have read the Fadal Ahmad or any other book of hadith, you may come across a hadith in the uh, Fadal of Salat where there's a hadith where Sahabi, mm. he takes a branch of a tree. Hmm? What did he do? He shake the branch. And then the leaves started falling down. So he asked the Tabi'i, will you not ask me why I'm randomly shaking this tree and the leaves are falling off? He said, yes. Why are you shaking the tree and the leaves are falling off? Then he says, one time I was with Rasulullah and he grabbed a branch and he shook it and the leaves started falling off. And then he asked me, well, are you not going to ask me why I'm doing this? So he so then I asked him, Ya Rasulullah, why are you shaking the branch and the, tree and the leaves are falling? So then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told me that I'm, this is a, he's a master educator, right? So there is Sheikh Abdul Fattah Baghudda, Rahimullah, recent scholar who passed away in the late 90s. He was from Halab in Syria. He wrote a book, Ar-Rasul Al-Mu'allim Wa Asalibuhu Fi Ta'aleem. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi the greatest teacher and the different ways he taught. So this is physical demonstration. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told the Sahabi that you see when I'm shaking this tree how the leaves are falling down likewise when a person performs wudu and performs salah with ikhlas the sins fall off of his body like this. Until I'm shaking until there's no leaves left on this tree it was the fall, autumn likewise all the sins will come. So this is I'm giving you examples of what? Tasalsul. When we start the hadith lesson there's, the, uh, there's a hadith it could be any sifa, any attribute, it could be any action. So one of them is like a hadith al-musalsal bil-awwaliyah. The hadith that it is, the musalsal part of it is the fact that it is the first hadith. So we, when we go to the, by true muhadith, when you study with sanat, the, the first hadith you learn, we will say, hadithana shaykhuna, our teacher taught us, This is the first hadith I heard from my teacher. And he says, hadithana, I heard from my teacher, and the first hadith I heard from him. And he says from his teacher, hadith, the first hadith. It goes back, goes back. All the first hadith, first hadith that every student heard from his respected teacher, which is Abu Hurairah's hadith, Arahimun, Yarhamun Rahman, Yarhamuman Filard, Yarhamkuman Fisama. Those who are merciful, the most merciful Allah will show, shower his mercy upon them. Be merciful to those on the earth, and the one in the sky will be merciful unto you. Now, so what happened here is Ibn Abbas said, I will, I will move my lips for you like when Nabi Salaam used to move them. So Sa'id said, I'm moving for my lips for you the way Ibn Abbas did. The one question that comes here is that, wait a second, this hadith of moving the lips of Nabi Salaam was in the beginning of Revelation, Surah Qiyamah. And Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhumah, he came much later. You know, he was born in the 10th year of the Prophet Prophethood, three years before Hijrah. 
So how did he see this and how did he recollect it? So he was not present at that time. But in Abu Dawood Tayalisi's Musnad, there's a hadith that Rasulullah later recreated it and told Abdullah bin Abbas and showed him that in the beginning, this is how I used to move my lips. But the actual time when Nabi used to move his lips, Abdullah bin Abbas wasn't even born. So if this question is posed, then we have also found the answer because the muhaddithun, they have access, they are what? Living databases of hundreds of thousands of hadiths. So they just do control F, find, they go through their, you know, it's right. Everything is on the desktop. They don't have to even, you know, go further into any files and they'll find it, subhanAllah. You know, so if you say Hafiz al Hadith, Hafiz ibn Hajar and Hafiz ibn Kathir means 100,000 Hadith, not Hafiz of Quran. So, um, SubhanAllah. Anyway, I'm trying to not go into detail. That was the bottom line this time. Anyway, so what happens is he says, I'll go back to the Arabic. So he moved his lips. Then Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah. Don't move your lips and be worried about it. I will preserve the Quran in your heart and I will inspire you to read it. This topic in our local Darussalam public, I have mentioned many, many times you have heard this. This whole story, I'm assuming. Um, so then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala preserved the Quran in the heart of Rasulullah and inspired him in how to read it as well. Then Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ فَاتَّبِعَ قُرْآنَ When I recited unto you through Jibreel then you need to follow that recitation. Listen, be silent, and after Jibreel finishes, then you will be preserved automatically in your heart. One question comes is that, if you listen to Surah Qiyamah today in the Isha Salah, the whole Surah Qiyamah is about, what do you think is it about? It's about Qiyamah. Right? Allah Ta'ala swears by the day of judgment. A human being, you think I will not be able to put your bones back together again? Bones are huge, bones. Banana. In fact, I will recreate your fingertips. This is before we even knew that the fingertip was you know, a biometric uh, signature. And everyone has an individual fingertip. Huh? Fingerprints. Yeah. Banana. insano. So Allah Ta'ala is speaking about the Qiyamah, the whole surah. And in the middle, you have this whole discussion. Don't move your lips. So there's a whole discussion of wait a second, where did this come from? What's the rabat? What's the link? So there are so many different ideas there. One of them is that, subhanAllah, you know, Allah Ta'ala says, Yunabbaul insanu yum idin bima qaddama akhar. On that day, everything that happened before, Allah will recreate it, replay it. And the body parts, they're going to repeat the history of what happened with them, what they were used to do. Allah will seal the mouths and aidim, hands and feet will speak forth. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that Allah who preserved the Quran in the heart of Rasulullah in its entirety, He is also preserved in the body parts of every human being, the entire memory of what they did. This is one link. Another link is, subhanAllah, It comes in the same surah. You, are, you want the hasty dunya, and you are uh, leaving the hereafter. So this is human nature. What is the human nature? 
ajila you you are hasty you you are really worried about uh, immediate your needs ajula human beings are have a lot of ajila so rasulullah he's the best of the human beings means he is a human being so he had the ajila he was he allah ta'ala uses the word here don't be so hasty relax so that is the link there others third opinion there's like six seven opinions i'm mentioning a few of them one of another opinion is that subhanallah when these very ayat were being revealed nabi sallallahu was being hasty at that moment so in live time allah ta'ala revealed i told him don't move your lips like not about a past event or about future event about what current revelation live revelation in progress you know the program is live you know um, and Allah Ta'ala is revealing Surah Al-Qiyamah the discussion is about the Qiyamah the reason this whole debate is coming is because right in the middle of the discussion of Qiyamah you have this whole passage right in the middle and after this thing finishes then what happens it goes back to Qiyamah so that's where the whole question came from you got to look at the whole Surah Al-Qiyamah go back and look at it tonight before you sleep or tomorrow then you know what I'm talking about so that's why some scholars say you know what it's it's because he was actually stressing out too much. So Allah Ta'ala told him right there, pause it, relax. And then after he went back to the discussion. An example of that is, you know, if you have a son and you tell him, you know, um, you know you're in the, maybe you're in the masjid lobby. And he's, he's, you say, hey, sit down and drink. And then, and then after that, you know, um, he wants to run outside to play. So you'll tell him, no, no, don't go outside, just stay here. Now you're trying to find what's the connection between sitting down and drinking and don't going outside. There's no connection. It's just that was the particular order at the particular time. Alama Shabir Ahmad Usmani, he has his own view. He said, look, why are we really scratching our minds so much and trying to find a link between all the different ayahs, surahs? That's a particular uh, focus of some tafsirs where they find the link between all ayahs and surahs throughout the entire Quran. He says there's no need to do that. He says that just like if you see the natural beauty, he's, he gives the example, you see a beautiful mountain, then you see beautiful forests and trees, then you see rivers, and you see a waterfall. So altogether, it's so beautiful. Now, you're not going to say that one side is waterfall, parallel, symmetrical, you need another waterfall here. And then the line of the forest needs to be completely straight. And it should be, you know, it should be straight line of forest, like this, and after that, launch should start from here. No, there's a beauty in the way things are in the natural form versus something that is artificially created. So, the ayat of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala revealed in a natural way, depending on the situation and the time. We don't have to force it and create all these uh, rubs and connection between things. Sometimes the connection, if it's flowing naturally, makes sense, but you don't have to stress yourself to artificially create such connections. Allah Akbar. So over here we'll finish with this hadith and we'll do the next one later, inshaAllah. So he says here, Allah Ta'ala told Rasulullah don't move your tongue, don't worry about it because I take the responsibility that I will preserve it in your heart and after Jibreel finishes it, then, then you are good to go. You will know it in its entirety. Um, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions this as well in another ayah. 
and yuqda ilayka wahyu. And do not haste in repeating the ayat when Jibreel is reciting until and yuqda ilayka wahyu. Until Jibreel wahi completes. So just sit and listen and focus and Allah will preserve it in your heart. Then I will inspire you with the ability to explain it as well. The scholars also say here is that when we recite the Quran, we cannot recite it anywhere we want to. See, it says here, The way it was recited, you must recite it the same way. So this also shows that it is wajib to recite the Quran the way it was revealed. And how was it revealed? With tajweed. So that is why it is necessary to learn tajweed. The Torah is known as Al-Kitab, the book. And this Quran is known as Al-Quran. Al-Kitab, that which is written. The reason is that the Torah, when it was given to Musa, السلام, it was given in the written form, inscribed on the tablets. Like we have the Apple tablets and the Samsung tablets. There was another tablet. The tablet of Musa, السلام. Uh Right? Uh, what is it? He has the alwah, he had the tablet. On that stone tablet, it was inscribed. That's why what is written is Al Kitab. In the Quran, it was recited. Qara means to read. Al Kitab, Kataba means to write. Qara means to read. Qari is the one who sits and writes the book or he reads it? Reads it, okay. So Qari, Qira, reading. So Jibreel, did he give inscription to Rasulullah? No, he read it. And Nabi Sallallahu was a Nabiyyul Ummi. So he recited it. So the Quran has to do with recitation. Okay. And that's why the word is Al-Quran from Qara'a to read. And we have to read it in the exact same way. We cannot read it any other way. And this knowledge is something which has to be learned through transmission. Because if you look, read a book of Tajweed, doesn't mean you know how to recite it with Tajweed. You have to learn from someone who has Jaza and Tajweed. This is that ilm which is naqlan an afwahil mashayikh. It's transmitted from the mouth of the shaykh. He shows how he, to pronounce it to a student who shows to his student, shows to his student all the way down. Um, Subhanallah. <laughs> right. This is, this is what it is. This is, you know, tomorrow, inshallah, we'll start tajweed from tomorrow, huh? Allah <laughs> Akbar. You know, all of the ulum require a master teacher, but tajweed even more so. Because there is no way you can learn it from a book until you have a teacher. If you have those softwares, if you have computers, you, know, you have some system where the qari reads and then you read after. What happens? You think you sound like him. But trust me, you know, I don't sound like him either. <laughs> right? So this is what happens when people listen to songs, na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah. I'm just giving you an example. That's like the absolute haram example. But people, they have song in their head. So when he's singing, what does he think? He thinks he sounds like the singer. But there is a reason, you know, he's making millions and you aren't. <laughs> right? <laughs> so horrible, man. Please stop it. That's what they call Sama Kharashi. Sama Kharashi means Sama is your ear, right? Kharashi is like, I mean, scratching your ears, giving you so much pain. So, uh, so the thing is, uh, subhanAllah. So the person, when he is singing the song, he is matching it with the memory in his brain of the song he heard and he thinks he sounds like that. Likewise, when we hear the Qari, the app, the technology, if we hear the Qari and we're reading after, we think we're sounding. You need that intelligent Qari who has a Sanad who can hear you back. Now, I don't know what artificial intelligence, AI, how far it's going. 
they're working on this one. If he can listen to you back and determine how close you are or not, the sifat lazima and ghair lazima and arida and tajweed and makharij, I don't know where we are with AI right now. But currently, to my knowledge, there's no such computer as well that can correct your tajweed. The only one would be the human sheikh. Fattabi'a Qur'an. Not the robotic sheikh. Then I will inspire you with explanation. فَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ إِذَا تَهُوا جِبْرِيلٍ After that, Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم, whenever Jibreel Asalaam would come, istama'a, he would listen closely, quietly. Listen. And when Jibreel Asalaam would go, he would be able to recite it exactly the same way. Why is this hadith mentioned in this bab? Because this bab, this chapter, is chapter of what? Badul wahi Beginning of revelation. And this was the condition of Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم during what? The beginning of revelation. The beginning of revelation, Nabi Sallallahu would move his lips rapidly until he was told to stop. That is the reason this hadith is mentioned here. Um, I was planning to do third hadith, but because we had another uh, you know, discussion earlier, I will leave that for next time. One thing I want to mention before we go, a simple fact, nothing very complicated. This is the hadith we were supposed to do today. We'll do it next time. Is over here where it comes that after the Fatah al-Wahid, the first ayat which was revealed was, Ya Yuhal. So this helps us reconcile different ahadith. There's the hadith that the first revelation was Iqra bismi khalaq. There's also another hadith, the first revelation is Ya al Muddathir. And to the third hadith, the first revelation was Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So how do we reconcile this? Is that first hadith, first ayat that was revealed, Alal Itlaq, in general, overall, the first ayat which was revealed are definitely Iqra bismi. And then the first ayat that were revealed after the break, the fatrah of two and a half years to three years, was which one? Ya yuhal muddathir. And the third is the first ayat which taught talqeen al munajat of teaching how to make dua, and the first ayat which taught um, how to seek guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and perform salah, that first ayat was Surah Fatiha. Because we will cover, if we ever reach in Kitab al-Tafsir, there's a hadith. The first ayat that were revealed were, Ya Yuhal Muntasir. Then the question comes here, wait a second, how so? So the response to that is, yes, the first ayat to be revealed after the break was, Ya Yuhal Muntasir. And after this, then the wahi continued non-stop. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us further yaqeen on the wahi and fill our hearts with the azam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fill our hearts with His greatness so that we can, insha'Allah, be able to fulfill each and every single one of his commands. Let us make dua, insha'Allah. Subhanallah, wa bihamdihi, subhanakallah, wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anthina astaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik.